0: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: We continue to be fascinated by this Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, elective surgery disappeared for four days without anybody noticing story that is continuing to unfold. But the latest is the Pentagon says Lloyd Austin has no plans to resign and the White House says no plans to fire him. Of course, those can change in a moment's notice.
5: He was in the ICU for several days. Now, some have said, well, that was just so he'd <clears throat> you know, have some privacy and Max, access right. to the medication he needed. And all.
4: Uh-huh, we'll see about that, I guess. So Mark Thiessen of The Washington Post, because I've been saying, I don't know, but it just seems weird to me that when we're practically at war with Russia and Iran, the SecDef is not in contact with the president at all over a four-day period, for instance, because it was Monday through Thursday or Sunday night through Thursday before the president found out that his sec was mm-hmm. not actually the secretary of defense at that moment. Uh, Mark Thiessen of the Washington Post said, When I worked in the White House for Rumsfeld, the SecDef and the deputy SecDef could not travel at the same time, so that one was always in the Pentagon, and there was no risk of a chain of command being interrupted. The idea that the sec def would be incapacitated and not inform his deputy
5: or the commander-in-chief is unthinkable. Who was snorkeling in the Bahamas or Puerto Rico or something like that, his his deputy. Yeah, she had, it's just she. Yeah, a woman.
4: She had been given some of the Secretary Austin's duties, but she was not told, you're full-on Secretary of Defense. You're in charge, because he's incapacitated.
5: Um, Right, correct me if I'm wrong, she wasn't specifically informed of what was going on at all. Right.
4: Well, she okay. she'd been given a couple of duties that she normally doesn't do. Mm. And she just kind of thought, okay, you know. But she was on vacation, but she didn't right. know she had the full. She was fully the fully in charge. I mean, wow. like if we if Iran had gotten lucky with one of their drones and hit one of our ships, she would have had to make the call.
5: Right, craziness.
4: With the help of the president, the president didn't even know the security so it was elective surgery. What was he getting done? That's the big question. We got this text. Lloyd Austin went in to have a set of balls attached. Oh, that has been wow. That has been the direction I've been attacking this for some time, as I think we've been way too passive with the number of times we've been attacked and pushing back,
5: etc. But we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, it would appear that 90% of our deterrence policy is don't. Don't. I want to talk about that later because I
4: watched with my son the movie Tombstone over the weekend, and I thought the same problem has existed throughout time. Mm. With bad guys and good guys, and the mm. gunfight at the OK Corral fits perfectly with the situation. Anyway, how interesting.
5: More on that later. Excellent. So if you didn't hear about this clouding gay, the embattled president of Harvard, was forced to resign while we were on vacation. It was mostly specifically over allegations. Well, the utter clear proof of rampant plagiarism. She was a lightweight scholar to begin with. Turns out a lot of what she did turn out, which is utterly insignificant, was cribbed. So she's done nothing, and she did it poorly. She was so clearly just a DEI install. She is a rabid high priestess of the whole DEI cult. Well, these are your your words, not hers. She doesn't think so. Well, yeah, clearly. Uh, What was so interesting, and I don't know how granular you want to get into this, but her response in a very long, impassioned essay published in the New York Times was to say it was racism. And that while she did make some minor mistakes, which she corrected as soon as they were pointed out, because I know I constantly accidentally plagiarized while I was in school. I had original thoughts that I forgot were word for word from already existing publications. It's just absurd. Her, her self-defense on that score was absurd. Um, and, and so she tried to make it all about race, which is just patently laughable. And then sort of tried to make it about, uh, about plagiarism. And yes, plagiarism was specifically the crowbar that was used to pry her from the office, which is a very, very, you know, uh, preliminary victory uh, in the big fight. Because the big fight to me is about the whole DEI cult, the whole ruination of our universities, uh, turning them from citadels of learning and honest inquiry into uh, uh, cultish indoctrination centers. And, and that she sort of addressed, but it, it doesn't matter. She's gone. She's a joke. Uh, what matters is that somebody very much like her will almost certainly be uh, appointed to be the next president of Harvard.
4: Well, the number of people that came to her defense and said this was about whether it was Al Sharpen or uh, that Kendi weirdo. Um, Ibram Kendi, what a what
5: a snake oil cult salesman he is.
4: The number of people that went with the you're just doing this because she's a black woman. You're attacking, you can't handle a black woman being in a position
5: of power. Are you serious? Really? <laughs> well well, you know what this was? Was a great it was almost like an x-ray. They were put in a situation where there was no sane way you could play that card in defense of this woman. There was just none of that. The idea that Harvard, Harvard for the love of God, which is left of Trotsky and and D-E-I-er than thou. The idea that the Harvard Corporation, well, they just, they came to the pressure and got rid of her because she was a black woman. And it's an insult to black women everywhere. The fact that they went with that defense when there wasn't a shred of evidence that it was appropriate just shows you. It discloses how utterly bereft of any good arguments they are. They they are. That's the only thing they have.
4: How about John Fetterman, the socialist senator from Pennsylvania, coming out saying, as an alum of Harvard, he said, look, I graduated 25 years ago, and of course it was always a little pinko, but now I don't recognize it.
5: <laughs> Has there ever been a more shocking and charming uh, evolution than, than Fetterman's? Well, you you've heard the joke that everybody
4: says. What's that? He, well, he had a stroke and he had his brain operated on, and oh. and uh, took
5: away his,
4: his, his liberalism. And they fixed his <laughs> brain.
5: <and laughs> now he's a conservative. Brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, all of that is is uh, true. Is interesting. It's a bit of a tempest in a teapot, even though it's Harvard. Although. Uh, I think it's important because it, it brings up the incredibly dangerous and poisonous indoctrination of our kids on our college campuses and the fact that I think the the tide has turned somewhat on that. Uh, I have a lot of information on that uh that topic. Jack, you you look poised to, to jump in with something. Do you have something you want to? Uh... Um,
4: well maybe we'll get into it later. Her her Claudine Gay's defense, just the whole thing I found so sickening and the fact yeah. that yeah. half all the mainstream media went along with her on it. The fact that she fell into a well-laid trap by Republicans as opposed oh, to right. no you you did
5: this. It was not a Republicans new tool plagiarism allegations.
4: Right. Well, she said in her op-ed about the when she was being questioned about genocide and everything like that, I should have pushed back harder about my initial response to the atrocities of October 7th. I should have stated more forcefully what all people of good conscience know, that Hamas is a terrorist group. Um, I fell into a well-laid trap. You were wow. you were questioned repeatedly. <laughs> On whether or not it was okay for people to call for genocide against Jews. And you stuck with your answer. But that was a well-laid trap by Republicans. And now they're using the tool of plagiarism to get black women out of positions of power
5: sure that's it yeah you should have better stated your outrage because then you could have continued to get away with your a plagiarism which i don't really care that much about because the whole higher education phd thing i have nothing but contempt for i know plenty of people who don't even have a bachelor's degree who have enormous wells of knowledge on certain topics i don't need to see letters next to your name to respect your knowledge Anyway, uh, so putting that aside, yeah, she could have continued to get away with her plagiarism and the significant part running a a cult temple, the high temple of the cult of of neo-Marxism personified through DEI, this horrific, horrific idea that will take us back to the damned dark ages. Post logic, post science, post uh, evidence, evidence, post data to this cult of my truth and your truth, and 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 all knowledge is race based. And oh no, we're not going back to the Middle Ages, sweetheart. Get go go. Well, she's still making close to a million bucks a year on Harvard's yeah. faculty, so don't shed any tears for her. But. What it means to the greater society, I have some really information, interesting information on that, I think, that I would like to follow up with, perhaps after a brief break. Cool. Uh, I want everybody to understand. This is not my New Year's resolution, because I've been at it for a while. You don't misunderstand these people. When you think, wow, that's what they're doing and saying seems to be racism in its purest form. And the idea that like 2 plus 2 doesn't equal 5 if you don't want it to equal 5 in your culture, that's absurd. If you think all of that stuff is crap, congratulations, you're right, it's crap. And you have to have the confidence in knowing that it's crap to, number one, Tear down DEI programs wherever they exist. In private companies, in colleges, whatever. Tear them down. Get rid of them. Fire all the staff. And number two, when they try to drag you into your racist cult training at work, you you are confident and knowledgeable enough to say, no, I'm not doing that, and here's why. That is my mission.
4: We are one week from the Iowa caucuses, which is pretty uh, pretty jazzy. People are going to actually start voting. And if Trump wins huge in Iowa... For, I mean, it's already forget it, but really forget it.
5: Yeah, go ahead and and, and chisel it in, uh, in in granite. Forget it. I
4: would think they want to c- cancel New Hampshire and South Carolina and Super Tuesday and save the, uh, you know, what you pay poll workers and what it costs the ink for printing ballots. Just save all the money. <laughs> right. Uh, we got a lot more on the way. I hope you can stay with us.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
4: We'll get to the New
3: York Times
4: article, If You Sleep in Socks, You're a Psychopath, which I agree with, coming up later in the program.
5: You've never been more wrong. <sighs> more or idiotic. If You Sleep in Socks. Sorry. Nothing personal, but that's idiotic.
4: <laughs> so um, the president of Harvard finally resigned. This, And then she wrote a piece in the New York Times. This was their uh, the, the, the way they um, um, summarized it. In the tease on their website for the New York Times, the Harvard president who resigned under pressure writes that she fell victim to a campaign to unravel trust in pillars of American society. What <laughs> happened? <laughs> and when and when the news broke? Oh. When the news broke that she was finally resigning, which Harvard finally admitted in the New York Times finally reported that it was because of the plagiarism, not because she's a black woman. But anyway. When she finally resigned, Ibram X. Kendi, who invented the whole anti-racist idea, said racist mobs won't stop until they topple all black people from positions of power and influence who are not reinforcing the structures of white racism.
5: Again, he's been exposed. All he has is terrifying, stupid people. He has no arguments. He has no evidence. He has nothing to point to. All he has is inflammatory rhetoric and the fact that some of you soft heads you know what i'm so, you've come back to our side and i'm calling you soft heads i apologize what am i i call my dog he comes and i kick him it's not the way you train a dog not that you're a dog maybe i should just stop talking anyway <laughs> the fact that some white people who are so desperate to be good people and not be racists fell for his just Dopey, cultish, you know, offerings is is discouraging to me. But I wanted to mention this. This this
4: has got to be the top version of this ever that I've ever seen in my life. You get caught committing the crime and you claim, you're just doing that because I got blue eyes or I'm white or I'm black or I'm whatever. What? We're we're looking at you. you,
5: We all saw you do the crime. You're just going after me because I'm a black woman. All right. So in, ironically, a Harvard-Harris poll, uh, two-thirds, um, oh, well, I, I, I'm sorry, I won't jump to the conclusion. Uh, they, they, here's your question. There's an ideology that white people are oppressors and non-white people and people of certain groups have been oppressed and as a result should be favored today at universities and for employment. Do you support or oppose this ideology? And two-thirds of people oppose it. Two-thirds, which you might not guess. But among young people, 79% support 18- uh, to 24-year-olds. Wow. 79- to 21.
4: So four out of five young people. Will you read that again? Four out of five young people agree with this. Yeah,
5: you know, white people are oppressors, and so there ought to be uh, favored uh, affirmative action at universities and jobs, essentially. Yeah. Uh, now, what's interesting is when you uh, go to 25 to 34-year-olds, the next uh, cohort by age, um, it's, it's 50-50. Now, those folks, it, particularly on the younger end, have had their entire schooling under our noses, folks, because we weren't paying enough attention. They, they were indoctrinated into this. This is not new. This has been going on for a number of years, from K through PhD, indoctrination into the woke DEI ideology. On the other hand, 35- to 44-year-olds, it's uh, 61-39 opposed, and that just grows 67-33 among 45- to 54-year-olds, and it's it's three-quarters to a quarter if you're 55-plus and even more if you're older than that. Um, in, in fact, it's even over, over, more overwhelming among uh, older folks than it is among younger folks, but in the other direction. Uh, I mentioned that uh, to get to, and, and I'm going to have to skip ahead, which is too bad, but uh, it's the way it goes. A uh, brilliant piece in the Wall Street Journal by Lawrence Krauss, who talked about in 1996 a, a physicist as a joke published a paper that said there is no physical reality. It's all uh, all uh, based on social and linguistic constructs. And, and it was published in one of your soft science, social science uh, magazines. And it was a joke. And it was, at the time, roundly hooted at and, 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 and derided. And the fact that anybody published it was hilarious. Well, now it's exactly what they're teaching. It's everybody's stupid... But they're taking it seriously. And that is all bringing me to this piece by James Freeman, who points out um, a a, a principle that I uh, understood as reality, but I didn't know the name of it. It's preference falsification. Preference falsification, according to the economist Timur Karan, is the act of misrepresenting one's wants under perceived social pressure. A common effect of preference falsification is the preservation of widely disliked structures. Another is the conferment of an aura of stability on structures that are vulnerable to sudden collapse. When the support of a policy, tradition, or regime is largely contrived, a minor event may activate a bandwagon that generates massive yet unanticipated change. Meaning, in this case, the whole DEI cult, it's not nearly... Well, let me put it like this. It is much less popular than it seems. It is much more hated than anybody thinks. I think he's right about that. Wow. Will there be a sudden collapse? I don't know. I certainly hope so. If you missed a segment, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty
4: on demand. Much more news to catch up on.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
4: Yeah. So, not to just make this the only story of the day, but it was the only story for quite a few days when uh, the president of Harvard finally resigned. And just the coverage of it, and a couple of more things before we get to Katie's headlines. The fact that Forbes had the headline, Claudine Gay Resigns from Harvard, Why Black Excellence is Never Enough.
5: What a joke. And how insulting to, to people of color. Wow. What did she get wow. caught plagiarizing like 50 times? Well, yeah, and she she just she was a lightweight scholar. A lightweight. Turns out everything she did was cribbed anyway. What a joke. Now Al Sharpton is
4: ridiculous, and quoting him is probably yeah. ridiculous, but he is on MSNBC every day spouting his crap. Um he tweeted out Harvard president's resignation is an attack on every black woman in the country.
5: That's all they have. That's all they have is to rally people by skin color and tribe. It's sickening. It's it's morally, intellectually and and and, and patriotically bankrupt. You people sicken me.
4: And I'll lead into Katie with this text we just got the the 300 foot Halloween skeleton decoration in my neighborhood. I assume they mean 30 foot. 300 feet would be extraordinarily tall. I think planes well, that would, would crash be like into
5: an it. Issue, right, the FAA would get involved in that.
4: The 30-foot Halloween skeleton decoration in my neighborhood has lost its Santa hat and is now donning a Valentine's Day heart and a string of heart garlands. That's nice. Yes, it is. That's nice. So
5: as we are transitioning into Valentine's Day. So one final thought on the, the Harvard thing uh, from me. And, and that's, I introduced in the last segment, the idea of uh, preference falsification. People say they're in favor of something or not against it just because they don't want to get yelled at or in trouble. And this uh, Duke economist thinks, and I'm quoting, preference falsification has been central to the trajectory of DEI. People who abhor DEI principles and methods come to favor these publicly or seem to through a preference cascade. It Just to summarize it briefly, You get dragged into these freaking meetings at your company, and you know you have to sit there and take it or you'll be in serious trouble. And so you seem to be among the people who are fine with it, but you're not. And that's the entire undergirding of this obscene philosophy. All right, enough said. Let's figure out who's reporting what. It's the lead story with Katie Green. Katie.
3: Starting with the New York Times, Israel says it has begun to scale back war.
5: Uh, Israel says that. Okay. Phase three, yeah. a More limited uh, fighting and cleaning out of uh, the infection of Hamas.
4: So they hit another Hamas leader in Lebanon, or a Hezbollah leader, rather. Mm, And so we're really worried about a growing war because of that, which gets me to my whole gunfight at the OK Corral analogy that I want to get to later, because I think that's where we are.
3: From Fox News, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin remains hospitalized after mystery procedure DOD remains mum on release.
5: As we've we've been discussing, yeah. No confirmation that it's a sex change. Yeah, but
4: so um, he, he goes in for elective surgery, doesn't tell anybody, is MIA for like four days. It's a big scandal. If it were anything normal... Surgery-wise, wouldn't you come out and
5: address it at this point rather than
4: having everybody speculate?
5: Well, yeah, because I've I've had a number of elective surgeries, and if he said, Hey, look, I had to get my knee replacement tweaked, and turns out there was an issue. I had to go back to the hospital for some pain. Why not just tell us that? You're the sec deaf in a time of war. So it's got to be something embarrassing? Or weird? I don't know that it's got to be, but it could be.
4: Yeah, lipo. He's a big old boy. Could be that.
3: Butt lift? From CNN, The Walking route: How an underground industry is helping migrants flee China for the United States.
5: Oh, and we boy. haven't even gotten into the obscenity at the border. Good Lord. God, we've got a good
4: clip we got to play later. I saw it on Fox and Friends this morning. They had live coverage. Live. Watching this dude climb over the razor wire to get into the country. He had paid the cartels... to get in and he was climbing over the razor wire and he just gets down with all these cuts on him and they
5: interview him and everything. It's really interesting. We'll have to get to that later. Well, He's got to get better coyotes who can uh, usher him to just those openings in the wall where people stroll in like they're entering a shopping mall. Yeah,
4: That is what I'd say. Look, I paid you $20,000. I've been watching on Fox News. There's plenty of people that just walk across a bridge. Why did I have to crawl over razor wire?
5: Take me to where Bill Malugin's always hanging out. People are just walking in there.
3: From ABC News, every wave of Ukraine missile attacks hit areas throughout Ukraine. Oh, yeah, that war. Right. From the New York Post, felon who jumped at judge to attack her in court is set to appear before her again today.
5: Yeah, I hope Did you guys see be this video? manacled to a, to a ring in the floor or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
4: I have not seen the video. What's what's the story?
3: Oh, it, it, it's this judge in Las Vegas, and this guy, he, you know, she's going into the sentencing, and he jumps over the bench and tackles the judge. And it took about four different guys to try to pull him off. And now for some, I, I find it odd that he's going to be appearing before her again, but... Hmm. From USA Today... Door plug from Alaska Airlines flight found in school teacher's backyard.
5: Yeah, what's a door plug and can we make them better so that parts don't fly off our airplanes mid-flight? From TMZ, Taylor Swift gives cold stare to Joe
3: Coy after NFL wisecrack at Golden Globes. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I saw that. it just, I don't know.
4: And that's a nothing. Uh, I did think it was interesting. Somebody pointed out that during the uh, Eagles game, when the Chiefs played the Eagles, I think it was, they cut away to Taylor Swift 17 times that game. That's a lot of times.
5: She's pretty.
4: That's a lot of times. I also read the article over the weekend about Travis Kelsey. It was pretty interesting. They've been. He's got a manager who's trying to turn him into the rock and has been doing that for quite a while. Oh. thinking That's how they got him on Saturday Night Live after the Super Bowl win last year for the Kansas City Chiefs. And they think he's got a career like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Huh. And that would lead to possible speculation that dating Taylor Swift
5: could be not oh. purely a romantic thing. But I don't know. You combine that with, did you see the New York Times essay written by some woman that spent paragraph after paragraph after paragraph suggesting that Taylor Swift is secretly either lesbian or bisexual and has been trying to signal us for a long time and she should really come out.
4: Yes, the New York Times ran an op-ed that Taylor Swift is secretly gay and has been dropping uh, hints about this for years. What a terrible thing to run in the New York Times.
5: Yeah, queer is the word these days, Jack. Queer, which is anything other than a dude who likes girls or vice versa.
3: I thought outing people was uncool.
5: Not anymore. It's compulsory.
3: And finally, the Babylon Bee scandal. As Chris Christie is mentioned over 50 times in unsealed Sizzler documents.
4: (laughs) The Iowa caucuses are a week from today. Is Chris Christie still running for president? I guess he is.
5: Apparently he is. Yeah, he's doing reasonably well in New Hampshire, which will not amount to a hill of beans, which he would hurriedly consume. Um, <laughs> and that reference in the joke, obviously, is to the Jeffrey Epstein uh, lists that are out, and there's a great deal of fever pitch uh, have, analysis of that and speculation.
4: Have you seen anything from the Epstein documents that was interesting? I have not
5: not beyond mildly but but the the conspiracy uh, industry has gone so wild with it and there's so much dust in the air it's difficult to figure out what's significant and what's not mm. i have other things to worry about
4: i feel like if there was something significant in all that it would have leapt to the uh, the the front pretty quickly
5: yeah, the only thing that I find interesting is some speculation that did not strike me as as dopey. Um, given the incredibly kid glovesy treatment of the guy, uh, there's some belief that he had a relationship with one or more intelligence agencies because he was in touch with so many people mm. of significance internationally um, and that they weighed in to get him favorable treatment i think the fact that he was wealthy and well connected especially in new york is probably enough to get you kid gloves but i don't know we'll see so that was, time he's dead
4: that was the <laughs> headlines of the day on our first day back from vacation joe has not told us a thing about what you were calling the vacation of a lifetime before he left was i yes Okay, yeah,
5: I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> Are you it's, walking it doesn't back? Doesn't that statement? sound like, well, I, it may, I may have called it that. I say a lot of crap. <laughs> but, yeah, I would be delighted to tell you about that next hour, and, and it's not going to be the old, uh, and, and I made a couple of jokes about this that were well-received among certain uh, folks, that, you know, back in the day, I'd have brought over a box of slides, and I'd be showing you my slides on your living room wall right now. From your vacation? Uh, I, Yes, exactly. I will not be doing that, but I will be uh, describing some of the things that happened, um, including some that I think are very significant to the times we're living in.
4: Well, the last time we heard from you live on the air, you were in a foreign land and you dropped an S-bomb and there was speculation on the text line that perhaps you were in your cups at the time.
5: No, I was not. I had enjoyed just the beginnings of some Glühwein.
4: Why Why would you ever not be in your cups on vacation if you
5: drink, for one thing? And secondly, what's Glühwein? It was fairly early in the afternoon. I'm, I'm really not that much of a day drinker. Um, I make up for it, though. Uh, uh, Glühwein is, in, in your Germanic countries, they have these Christmas markets... Uh, like the whole of Christmas time into early January in some cases, but they're like little, like, tough sheds with the front open. They're like booths that have their wares. It might be food, it might be drink, it might be hand-hewn crafts or uh, gingerbread men or or, or Judy bought a beautiful German nutcracker and all sorts of stuff, but in the village square or in the big plaza between the giant museums in Vienna, which happened to be where we were at the time, they have these Christmas Markets And a big feature of them is uh, uh, refreshment. Uh, I'd say adult refreshment, but if you're over 13, go ahead and have some. Everybody acts cool. There's no problems. There's no hooliganism or crime or anything like that.
4: I find that fascinating, culturally speaking
5: yeah yeah. and I want to talk about that a little bit uh, in particular. Don't forget, don't let me forget. But, um, so yes, uh, it is a uh, glue vine is is like mulled wine. It's like uh, spicy apple cider hot ish with wine in it. did you? And it's very it's very mild in terms of alcohol
4: in any of these countries, did you lecture them about not paying their NATO dues or they did you just
5: stay I should that? have, but um, <laughs> to my uh, shame, I did not. But anyway, next hour I'll launch into that, including and Michael. I know yeah. you're going to anyway, so get ready. I went full on Nazi in Munich. Wow! I spent days. That's because what I would that do. was that was the birthplace of the Nazi movement. Yeah, that's Munich. what
4: I would do. All the things I've read about, I'd love to see.
5: Oh yeah, and it's uh, there's plenty there, and uh, it, it ranges from the very interesting to the extremely heavy. Uh, but anyway, next hour, I promise.
4: Yep, we got to get caught up on so many different uh, news things that happened while we were gone or are happening right now and a bunch of other stuff. Stay with us. Our text line, four one five two nine five kftc Armstrong.
6: Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two.
2: This is our podcast, and we're going to do it
6: our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: What are you gonna do? I carry the what? It doesn't matter. The clip doesn't exist. That's fine. Um, anybody enjoy the Rockin' New Year's Eve with Dick <laughs> Clark? I can't believe it's still called Wait, what?
5: Don't bury the lead.
4: <laughs> I see I can't believe it's still called Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest. Dick Clark died quite a few years ago, but for him
5: to be relevant to your life, you gotta be like our age or older right and the fact that he passed years ago i mean i don't have any ill will toward uh, uh, mr clark but his name on something is not going to make me tune in
4: and so i was i was up on new year's eve and i i made my kids so we had just flown back so we were on a different time zone so i made my kids obey the time zone we were in so that we could get to bed at a decent time because I did not want to stay up till midnight on New Year's Eve. But so we watched mm. the stuff as if it was happening <laughs> as it was happening in New York, We're on the West Coast, so at nine o'clock. Um, but I was flipping around the various channels on New Year's Eve, and I, I wonder I kept wondering, who are the demographics for these shows? Because <laughs> a certain group of people are out partying. you're not watching TV. I don't know, do you have any sense of who the demographics are for these shows? Every network has them. The Anderson Cooper thing on CNN continues to be amazing. It it gets the same attention every year. He, a gay man, and that other gay man get hammered and giggle. And that's all it is for like three hours. They do shots and then giggle about stuff you can't really tell what they're talking about. (laughs) Sounds compelling. It's so weird. (laughs) Then you got the the country version on one of the channels where they have all these different country stars, and that's its own flavor. And Mm -hmm. then uh, I think it's on ABC. It's Dick Clark with Ryan Seacrest. And their closing act as you're waiting for the ball to drop, which is like the most talked about, anticipated, talked up, but stupid event maybe in world history. I mean, it it is such a nothing. The ball dropping in, in Times Square in New York.
5: Well, it's New York self-obsession, of course.
4: But it's always been a big thing. Well, whatever. Um, their final act, how far all the musicians and everything like that, they had Paul Anka sing Imagine. Leading up You're to the, making that I mean, up. Paul Anka, who you got to be like my parents' age to care about Paul Anka.
5: Well, and, and who cares about Paul Anka? Mrs. Anka doesn't care about Paul Anka's career. So, so who are they aiming this at? I don't know who who booked that. <laughs> that's that's like really high level uh, level Andy Kaufman humor, right? I don't know what that was, but me and my kids
4: we kept switching around trying to find something that would entertain them in any way, and the ball dropped and woo-hoo, The calendars turned to a different year. Jonah Goldberg of the Dispatch wrote a great piece about how stupid New Year's Eve is, and really how you just you have to pick an arbitrary time. For the year to change, just for keeping track of things, it's a, like it's mm-hmm. like a it's like an accounting thing, and yeah. obviously it's uh, uh, uh it's more or less random what year what when you do this all this sort of stuff, and it's it's no more exciting becoming twenty four to twenty three than it is from going from Monday to Tuesday. <laughs> I mean it's it's every bit the same level of significance. <laughs> hey, it's Tuesday, woohoo! And you kiss somebody and. <laughs>
5: It's just silly. I'm I'm seriously having trouble coming up with anybody who's still alive and less relevant than Paul Anka.
4: Maybe they were uh, trying to kill the show off
5: once and for all. I don't know. Or, or speaking of demographics, once again, maybe their demo is 75 plus. God, I don't know. My parents don't it, stay up for New is Year's. Eve. Tony season. Orlando still kicking. Rosemary Clooney.
4: Very odd. Um but uh but my kids still kinda get a kick out of the whole New Year's Eve thing and we that we, we buy some bad food and they drink soda and eat some candy and we go woohoo and go to bed. Hey, I
5: I if they enjoy it, that's fine.
4: My New Year's resolution, first time I've ever failed this quickly. My New Year's resolution was to do push ups every day in twenty twenty four. And mm. uh I made it about three days and then missed a couple of days due to uh illness and um already have fallen off. What was your New Year's resolution, Michael? You had a good one. To get healthy how are uh, you doing on that? I'm, vague, I'm doing pretty but, good. I'm okay. going to
2: the gym. I've I've done good so far. I'm uh, not eating junk. Cool. That, that's I have to do it. And your
4: New Year's resolution was Joe.
5: Well, Michael, you're not a drunkard like myself, so you didn't have to give that up. Um, what's tip? No, it, it it's it's it would take too long to explain.
4: You'll tell us it's, in hour three. Are you doing uh, dry January?
5: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. I haven't been drinking. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at
0: ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
0: 18+. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round
2: we had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans who was on roadie and uh, mm-hmm. I was coming back on the plane and he said will you pass the salt and pepper and I misheard him <laughs> I said
0: what, Sergeant Pepper Listen to season 2 of McCartney A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts My name is Chris Moody host of the new podcast
4: Finding Matt Drudge